Hello and welcome to Columbia Calling. I'm Emily Hart and this week we are getting the inside story on the Narcophiles, an extraordinary new investigation into the global criminal order and the largest investigative project of its kind to originate in Latin America. So last year, a group of hacktivists known as Guacamaya infiltrated the Microsoft Exchange server. This enabled them to hack the system of the Colombian Attorney General's office, as well as military and police institutions, regulatory agencies and companies across the region. The Narcofiles project is based on that hack, mostly of the Attorney General's office, which is the entity in charge of investigating and prosecuting crimes in Colombia. Five terabytes in size, the leak contained more than seven million emails, including exchanges with numerous embassies, law enforcement and other institutions. The Organised Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, the Centro Latinoamericano de Investigación Periodística, known as CLIP, as well as magazines Voragine and Cero Setenta, all gained early access to that data. They then shared the leak with over 40 other media outlets, and journalists from over 23 countries ended up working on the investigation. Today, we are lucky enough to have with us OCCRP's Latin America editor, Nathan Jackard, who has led and coordinated this project right from its earliest seeds in the 2022 hack to the incredible flourishing of reporting we've seen this week and which continues to emerge. The documents in the leak reveal unique details about the inner workings of international criminal gangs, as well as law enforcement efforts to dismantle them. Most cocaine still starts life at a plantation in Colombia, but the global market is booming, and products pass through many countries and many hands before reaching the user, generating billions in illicit revenue which flows back across the world through bank wires, cash transfers and other transactions. The borderless nature of these crimes and the groups behind them requires cross-border cooperation by those trying to expose them. That's law enforcement and journalists. So Nathan will be telling us all about the who, what and how of this story, as well as giving us his insights into the new world of organised crime and cocaine trafficking, which has been revealed by this hack. From the shifts in where cocaine is grown and produced to corruption in high-level officials in countries like Suriname, as well as the narco-nexus between huge Colombian banana companies and the political right wing, as well as Israeli mafia in Colombia, links to the Odebrecht scandal, and stories involving fruit, shark fins, and DEA agents. I will be sharing with supporters and subscribers my top picks from the Narcofiles reporting from a number of outlets with, of course, translated versions. All of that is on its way, but first, your top news stories for this week. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Colombia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map 
destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own, just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's www.columbiacalling.co, or the BNB Columbia Tours website, that's www.bnbcolumbia.com, and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Luis Manuel Diaz, father of footballer Luis Diaz, was released this week, 12 days after being kidnapped by guerrilla group the Ejército de Liberación Nacional, the ELN. The ELN, however, continues to abduct, kidnap and retain other Colombians. According to data from the Ministry of Defence, as of September 2023 was the year with the highest number of kidnappings in a decade. Alias Antonio Garcia, commander of the group, insists that they have not violated the ceasefire with the government and that they have a right to continue so-called economic activities, including, he argues, kidnapping. The government is nonetheless demanding the release of all current victims of kidnap and an end to the practice. Garcia responded by tweeting that the government should not be under any illusions about the likelihood of that occurring. He also said that the ELN is open to discussing their financing, but it is clear that the high-profile kidnapping has shaken current peace negotiations and the issue seems to have become an obstacle to progress. Also this week, the ELN announced an armed strike in the department of Chocó, confining the population of Alto Baldo to their homes under the threat of violence. And in other peace negotiation news, the government have responded to the announcement by FARC dissident group, the Estado Mayor Central, the EMC, that they are suspending participation in peace talks. President Gustavo Petro said that the EMC had resolved not to attend the table without breaking the truce, and that a ceasefire is only possible if negotiation advances regarding substitution of illicit economies and an end to hostilities against the civilian population. Analysts are seeing the announcement as a likely end of the bilateral ceasefire, though no official declaration has been made. And former President Álvaro Uribe could face justice in Argentina after a complaint was filed in Buenos Aires by 11 victims and three human rights organisations relating to disappearances and extrajudicial execution of civilians by security forces during the civil conflict, a scandal known in Colombia as the false positives. This case comes under the principle of universal jurisdiction, the idea that certain crimes are so serious that the duty to prosecute transcends borders. These include crimes against humanity, war crimes, genocide and torture. The groups say that Argentina is one of the countries that does incorporate universal jurisdiction and has experience in the successful prosecution of crimes committed by the state. Cases against security forces of Venezuela, Nicaragua, Myanmar and Spain are all currently being investigated there. Those were your headlines, so let's get into this week's episode of Colombia Calling, Inside the Narcofiles. Hello, Nathan. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Emily. Thanks to Narcofiles, this week has been an extraordinary week for journalism on organised crime and on illicit industries. 
You've had 40 outlets in 23 countries using this huge document leak from the Colombian Attorney General's office. I'm in awe. I've got so many tabs open. I've got so many articles to read. But let's go back to the start. How did these documents end up in the hands of the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project? It has been a crazy week and um, it's, you know, an effort of more than a year. Basically, more than a year ago, I was in, in Colombia, in Bogota, and uh, we got knowledge that there was this leak, that the prosecutor office had been hacked and there was a huge leak of uh, emails. Um, at that time, um, we met with some Colombian colleagues and it was like a bit of secret because we, we, we wanted to share the same information. We knew that the other one knew, but we were not talking about it. Uh, so I, I remember that uh, one of the first persons I, I talked about is with a Colombian colleague and he noted in a napkin, it was in uh, crepes and waffles <laughs> in Bogota where he put in the napkin fiscally and I was, ah, yeah, I wanted to talk with you about that and everything. And this is how it really started. And... Um, a few other colleagues from other independent media uh, started also to gather uh, around and, and we started meeting together. Um, so there was a way to get access to the hacked material. And uh, there are two organizations uh, that uh, we worked, we've worked with, uh, mainly one based in the US, it's called DDoS Secrets. And basically they distribute um, leaks. So they are uh, kind of uh, in between uh, institution that uh, is in contact with hacker organizations and then they distribute that to uh, media or whoever they find it fit for, for that. I mean, they, 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 they go by their oh, own uh, interests. Right. And are they, are they a collective or an NGO or who, who and why are they? Yeah, they're a collective. Uh, it's, um, it's led by, by a person's name, uh, Emma Best, uh, but it's a, it's a team and, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a layer between the hackers and the journalists and uh, they have a web page and you can right. go and check and there are tons of leaks that yeah. are available um, some of them you can directly download them from their web page and some of them you have to uh, get in touch with them and basically say right. that you're a journalism organization and that you want to um, get into the leak and get the information from the leak. So uh, you want to report that uh, for public interest. And uh, I mean, they they will decide if they give you access or they don't, basically. Uh, that's uh, on, wow. on them. Uh, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so and there was another organization called Enlace Hacktivista, 
um, that has a few leaks and that was also doing a kind of a similar job, uh, like giving access to the leak to the journalists. So uh, that's how it worked. So we were a certain number of media organizations that had access to the leak. So that's also right. when we also took a decision that it was better to work together uh, than starting like trying to compete and, and see who would um, publish uh, first uh, because of course uh, right. the size of the leak uh, is this is we are talking about more than seven million uh, emails that were hacked uh, so wow. <laughs> even if you are Incredible. like 10 uh, or 20 organizations uh, it's nearly impossible to, to, to work on that on your own uh, so it was really important to yeah to to uh, work together and to make this decision of working on a collaborative way instead of uh, you know like competing and trying to scoop one another mm. We, we had seen exactly happening the same thing in Mexico. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was this Sedena leak that was about the uh, defense secretary uh, of Mexico. It's also a huge leak. leak. It's kind of the same leak. It's an email leak yeah. from the same hacker group, Guacamaya, uh, with the same mm-hmm. vulnerability uh, in 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 so, but there they didn't organize them wow. th- themselves, and basically it was really like the wild wild west, like everyone shooting at the same time. So it made a lot lot of noise, <laughs> and and in the end, there were interesting things that appeared, but no, not a coordinating efforts on 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 a single uh, topic, right? Right, because so many of these stories, for example, the story about. Uh, banana companies funding Centro Democratico candidates and imports into Europe. It's a multinational story. So the Italian outlet that's worked with Voragine, they've both published these stories and en- enriched each other's reporting in these in these really remarkable ways. I'm wondering about Guacamaya. Do we know much about, are they an anarchist organization like anonymous are they do they have a political motivation do we know anything about them so i mean we know a few press releases that have been attributed uh-huh. to them that were published in right. uh, enlace activista uh webpage um, right so it's a strange organization because I mean, we don't really know who is behind uh, the, that or if there are other course, yeah. interests that are unknown. Uh, there are many mm-hmm. rumors, of course, but um, of course, basically uh, they, they have like a sort of Native American indigenous discourse uh, on Mother okay. Earth and uh, like these kind of concepts uh, where they put that uh, up in front of their of their communication and saying that they are defending mother earth and they are going after the ones that are 
um, basically uh, harming uh, the people and uh, the 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 nature and everything. So they have like this this course that we could say maybe yeah like indigenous left leaning, but it's really you know mm-hmm. bizarre. But because for instance for the fiscalia league the prosecutor the Colombian prosecutor mm-hmm. office. Uh, they say it's very corrupt, but they say at the same time that this was like working for Alvaro Uribe Vélez and he was like Colombia president like 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, and and they, they build on, on this and on this corruption and everything. Um, so so uh, in the end, it's really... Uh, we, we've worked on, on other leaks, um, like Panama Papers, or uh, we at OCCRP also worked on uh, uh, Credit Suisse uh, leak uh, almost two years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, and it was really clear what was the purpose of, of, of the, the source of... And, and uh, right. in, 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 in the case of Credit Suisse, the source was really trying to... Uh, um, complain about lack of transparency in a Swiss bank and the kind of uh, clients they were getting. So it was really, the intention was really clear. And here it's really like a lot of big words, a very long press release, but there is no intention like, okay, I mean, it's, yeah. So they are saying, yeah, it's a corrupt uh, institution and, you know, they, mm. they used to work with the paramilitaries uh, like 15 years ago. And they, this is an institution yeah. that is working um, for the wealthy and uh, is working also for the U.S. interest. And, and this kind of discourse, like kind of anti-imperialist, mm. indigenous discourse. But it's not so yeah. crystal clear what is their intention. It's more like a lot of big big words and concepts but yeah it's interesting and obviously the fact that they're working internationally if it was them in mexico as well because these are while very much in the public interest these leaks it is a criminal offense in both countries to hack into and release emails so one can understand why you would want to be in the shadows (laughs) (laughs) no no of course i mean and, and 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 with all the leaks in general would I mean, you have some leaks that come from a whistleblower or some leaks that come from a right. hack. Uh, but, I mean, of course, the, the the fact that they remain anonymous is really key for, for them, but also uh, to be able to, to, to get this kind of information. Um, but here they, I mean, there was an issue with uh, a security issue with the, the Microsoft Exchange server, and they were warned, weren't they? And yeah, they just didn't. Yeah, all these the institutions were necessary. warned. All the clients, all Microsoft's clients. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, but they didn't put yeah. the p- required patches. Uh, so that's basically mm. the, the the Guacamaya hackers uh, find found a way. Uh, through uh, and they reproduce the same uh, attack uh, in uh, in several um, uh, institutions. So 
uh, it's not only the Sedena, right. the, the the Mexican defense secretary that is huge and, and the league is bigger than, than the Fiscalia one. Mm. It's also the army of Colombia, the Peruvian army, wow. Chile army, El Salvador police. Gosh. There are smaller institutions in Colombia like Agencia Nacional Hidrocarburos. Yeah, the, wow. the, yeah. the ones that oversee yeah, the, 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 the oil uh Uh, permits and everything and also some private companies so some mining companies and things like that so i mean they really went mm. and 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 found like this i would say open door for them once they opened it they tried to, to open <laughs> right. it in in several places and and you know so so yeah i mean i don't know if they're international or if they're of of the same country we don't know that but uh, they, they 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 found a way to enter into latin america's secrets basically and it really is just an extraordinarily large number of documents so i'm wondering how how you even begin to sift through that much information what are your first steps when you get a leak this big <laughs> so we are talking about 38000 files So, oh my God. <laughs> of course, having that in a computer is crazy, or you could yeah. eventually, but you would never be able to open one after another, you know? I mean, that would be crazy. Right. So, some colleagues mm -hmm. started, for instance, identifying the key prosecutors that they knew that were uh. having running the case against Odebrecht, let's say. So going to the to the to the file and trying to get information through this file. But of course it's still you know, thirty eight thousand is, is crazy and, and you could spend a whole It's life amazing, and, yeah. and you know. Uh, so basically um, we 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 have like some systems that allows uh, us to upload and um, uh, to, to, to organize the data in a way where you can make like searches with keywords or uh, chains uh, okay. of words or associating words or filter mm. uh, by date or by type of documents, right. these kind of things. So this is, of course, like something that was really important and made our lives way easier. So we could really start, yeah, you know, identifying and being a bit more systematic uh, when when searching mm. documents. So, yeah, I don't know when when you search for someone. I don't know. Everyone, I guess, has uh, like list of persons or, or some obsessions that we might have and we start uh, searching, <laughs> searching and, 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 you know, I don't know, maybe you probably have uh, some, some, some names in the top of your heads that you would, you know, be curious to know if, mm. if there is something. So, so yeah, I mean, um, that, that's really how it begins. And, and in the beginning, you, of course, you don't know what is in there and, 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 and you need time just to kind of make sense of what kind of information you can find, uh, what are right. the trends coming out and everything. But, you know, I mean, 
it's yeah can be infinite it starts in this very cloaks and daggers in a cafe with a napkin way <laughs> which could be from a spy movie from any decade and then you have to almost immediately move into these very high-tech ways of dealing with documents because the the bulk is so enormous i mean how how does it feel to sit down in front of this database and just have this you know almost open book of the fiscalia from personal point of view, it's, of course, very mm. exciting. There are different type of leaks, of course, and, and we've worked on other leaks, you know, that can be boring or can be a lot of numbers <laughs> or, you know, right, uh, yeah. that that you don't have a lot of meat, if I would say. I mean, uh, right. here these are like documents where, you know, you, uh, it's not just like, I don't know, one million transactions that... Is very interesting, and you maybe get like big mm. stories out of that, but it's very dry. Right. Here you have like more information because you have like access to uh, you know court documents, investigations, um, mm. wiretaps. So I don't know from like funny things where you can you know learn a bit of criminal slang because they are being wiretapped. <laughs> To, right. <laughs> of course, more worrying things where, where you see a bit like, you know, things that are not going well inside or, or, or things like that. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to imagine because there were just and still are, I think, probably millions of stories that these documents could have produced and still are producing. And I'll be sharing with our subscribers and supporters my top stories with translations where useful. So what what were the keywords that you were interested to choose? Because I know you've mentioned Odebrecht. Uribe is obviously always a topic when it comes to to Colombian recent political history, corruption, links to paramilitaries, etc. What other elements of, of Colombian politics and, and corruption were you were you on the hunt for? OCCRP uh, so the the organization I work for, uh, mm-hmm. we are really into a global network of journalism and into cross border stories. So we were really trying to to look at what were the stories that could go beyond Colombia and uh, not making this mm. like a leak about Colombia or a leak about the fiscalia, right. but more uh, like. A, deep, uh, a point of of entry into something bigger that could, you know, absolutely make us all work together, uh, as as you said, for mm-hmm. instance, like Colombians and Italians, uh, and of course, I mean, there are other, you know, criminal things that are also transnational, like migration, illegal, you know, like. Uh, 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 illegal migration and, 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 and the persons that profit from that, uh, environmental right, yeah. crime, uh, corruption mm-hmm. also. Mm, but uh, it was difficult not to see that drug trafficking was so present in the league. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Because, I mean, Colombia is number one producer of cocaine in the world. And it's a it's a, it is, it's a yeah. country that cooperates a lot with other law enforcement, so we could mm. see like how there was also a lot of interest from uh, authorities uh, from 
other countries, uh, mainly into, into that. It soon became clear that this was like the topic that we wanted to, to start working on first before, before others, because there, were, there is a lot of information, but also uh, it's transnational topic by essence, I guess. Uh, and 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 also, you know, it's been like war on drugs for 50 years, and uh, I mean, mm. uh, it so also shows the you know the failure and, and this constant reinvention of of war on drugs that never ends. So 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 that that's right. also yeah. something that that we had in mind. When, when when choosing also this focus but of course i mean you could find a lot of more human stories i don't know i mean i i find drug traffickers from colombia that appeared like drone like in the pacific in a small pacific islands i don't know who they were but it's not necessarily like an investigation into global organized crime or or something uh, it can also be another type of story yeah i feel very convinced that this leak will be producing stories for months to come. Um, and I, I'd love to get into the content a bit. And like I said, I've, I've just got a million tabs open. I've read a million. There's just a plethora of incredible reporting that's happened over the last year and come out this week. And we've had top politicians in Suriname. We've had huge Colombian banana companies. That The bananas that I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this podcast eat on a weekly basis. These are the sorts of companies we're talking about, the major exporters. We've got Israeli mafia in Colombia. We've got the Odebrecht scandal. There's so much to get into. What for you are the top stories to come out of this leak? <laughs> you, 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 will, you will get me into trouble, but... <laughs> I'm not asking you to play favorites, but I also am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I. So we had stories that, I mean, OCCRP we were coordinating on on one hand, but we mm-hmm. were also producing stories. Um, so, uh, I, I think one of the stories I preferred from at least from from our our end is the relo- uh, cocaine relocation story because we we wanted to show what's new. Also, I mean, the. Mm. Uh, how how they are criminals are adapting uh, what how they are innovating and uh, we started like finding like some um, um, transcripts of of uh, tapped phones where criminals were saying yeah I mean we've been trying to uh, start like coca fields in Guatemala and yeah it's starting to have a good mm. quality and na, na, na. so that was like oh wow so wow. I mean this is interesting because I mean this is really you know like seeing like a company that you know it's narcotics Inc and then you you you, you are changing the way that you are producing and finding new ways of production so uh, we found that they are really trying to produce coca in Central America and also in Southern Mexico, uh, but also setting up like big, big labs in, in Europe. So uh, this this was a really interesting story because it was really about how 
the industry is transforming and changing and, and, and how it's all connected also um, with, with Colombian current situation and, and, and you probably maybe have already done a podcast about how coca uh, prices are, are falling like in, in, in the Colombian countryside and everything. So it's it's all this this thing that is changing. Uh, th this story was, was really interesting. Um, a colleague also worked on, on a story about port hacking. So this is about how... Uh, Criminal groups are working with hackers uh, that get into the IT port system uh, because wow. now, I mean, this is mostly like in Northern Europe, like in the big, big ports mm -hmm. like Rotterdam and, and Werpen. And um, basically, uh, each container has like a PIN number. Uh, and once you get into the, uh -huh. the IT system... You can first manage and manipulate the system so uh, the 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 container is less likely to be scanned by custom officers, but you can also oh, wow. um, check what are the safer lines. So, for instance, maybe safer to use like a container with uh, ornamental plants instead of bananas or uh, this company has good rep so maybe it won't be you know checked um, so the, the, this story was really interesting because also it's like the conjunction it's of you know one. shipping yeah. and hackers and everything so 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 that that yeah. one was was pretty interesting so to go into the process a bit of how one of these stories would work what's the origin document for example, in this hacking port story, um, what's the starting point and how does it develop from there? It really depends on the story, but we took a long time also because we were trying to, you know, take like what we had in the league really as a starting point. And many times it's 80 or 90 percent of the material and the proofs we get are not from the league, but are from any other kind of sources like... Uh, FOIA requests, but also, you know, other documents we can get from law enforcement or prosecutors in other parts of the world, all kind of registries, uh, sources, you know, uh, human sources as well. So it really depends. And, and for instance, with, with the hacker, um, there, there was like... Um, just a few documents saying that this was a trend like in in the league and at the same time we we saw like a europol uh, document but that was public you know saying that this was a trend and everything so this when we started like connecting the dots and we say yeah yeah and and then uh, our colleagues that made the story uh, got like access to more documents that that and, and to more sources and everything. So kind of sometimes the leak was really important. Sometimes it was really more like a spark uh, to, to start being interested on something or working on something. Uh, so so, so it, it really depends. But in other cases, as, as I told you, for instance, the, 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 the labs and everything, 
this was a very good complement because we 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 started with with these wiretaps you know showing that ah okay mm. so this this is happening and and this is interesting and uh, actually uh, this was like colleagues from Guatemala and each one was trying to you know search from some leads from their countries and they they came out out with this lead and were ah wow that's interesting and then we had other you know leads with the the labs and everything uh, showing how Colombians and Mexicans uh, were going back and forth and setting up these labs and that's when we mm. said ah okay it could be a, a a good story to to do like this cocaine relocation story uh and and and, and yeah so so um but in general we 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 really complemented a lot and a lot of the information uh from from the leak the leak is just the starting point in general uh because i mean it sounds huge but at the same time it is a picture that is kind of frozen in time and right. you don't always get i mean you you never get the full picture out out of this leak or any other leak in general and 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 we really wanted to avoid you know like the kind of journalism where you find two interesting documents and you publish and you 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 make a lot of noise about it but no try right. to go yeah. deeper and yeah and of course all the outlets that were collaborated with have incredible reputations it's not there was a leak here's what the leak says it's here is some serious reporting inspired by a leak with leaks like this or you know like big leaks that can be eventually global uh we search for collaborators that we know already or or, or that, right. that have worked with us before in mm-hmm. in the countries where we see that it's possible that they might be interested and and we uh-huh. we everyone starts really searching for leads of their own countries and and this is really imp- right. the importance of of a network where you know you might know about Colombia, you might know about UK, but you probably don't know about Paraguay. And, and, and that's why we work mm. with someone from Paraguay. Or that's why we work with someone from the Netherlands or Belgium, and, you know, because they, they have the knowledge, ah, yeah, this is not really new, this is like old stuff. Or they know, oh wow, this this name mm. is really, you know, this guy is 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 really a kind of legit businessman. But <laughs> the the documents are showing that he's like involved in drug traffic. So 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 this is the kind of leads right. that you could never come up with, even if you have, you know, all the time of the world, right, and, yeah. and you know, you 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 will always uh, need to work with with local partners that that have the real noise so 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 you you really start setting yeah. up this kind of global network of journalists and 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 they each start you know digging uh, uh on on, mm. on their sides into the leak and and then we we start you know seeing what's emerging out of it and and what are the trends and and what what is the mm-hmm. 
the the shape of 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 the project in the end because one of the really fascinating elements about this relocation story is that Europe is not merely the destination of cocaine anymore there are now laboratories um, and the raw materials of cocaine coca paste are arriving and then being processed in Europe which just opens up a whole new world of reporting on that side of the Atlantic and one of it seems an enormous number of efforts by these groups to minimize transport costs and risks by bringing the product closer to its um final usership i suppose would be the word if if you take out i mean the illegality of it uh, there are i mean of course there is a lot of violence but i i always i mean i read a book that's called narconomics it's it's quite good and 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 i recommend it yeah, great and, one. Uh, it really explains how most of these decisions are really business-like and, and clever, mm. and you know it's not anarchy and, and and you know like wild west guys like shooting everywhere and you know it can happen of course, mm. but but yeah. uh, the the they take decisions that are um, logical. Uh, in a capitalistic economy, uh, and 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 and, and right. with, you know, so in that sense, they want to cut, <laughs> they they want to cut expenses. They want to be closer to to their their markets, uh, to their customers, mm. uh, <laughs> if I may say. But yeah, and they they want to cut risks. Mm, so 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 in that sense i mean the approach of 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 some of the stories is really looking at it as you know as as almost as business. like an economical phenomenon and, and as business yeah that's a fascinating lens to put on it because it clarifies everything if you're not treating this as a business i think you can be quite blinded to some of some of the absolute logic of it there's a really interesting essay by mark grief um in his collection against everything um, which is also about how the drug trade is not outside of capitalism, it's exactly capitalism. It's pure capitalism. It's not even a type of capitalism. It's it's the very core of capitalism's set of values. Um, it's from the magazine N Plus One. It's a brilliant collection of essays about a number of things, but this one in particular is, is very, very memorable. Um, brilliant writer, highly recommend. Um, and it becomes a type of business journalism then. And because of the fragmentation of the cartels, you've got this incredibly complex set of brokers and shippers and production lines um, because it's no longer vertically integrated. So is, is journalism on organised crime more difficult than it used to be? Because it's not just Escobar and a vertically integrated chain of crops, production and then export. The model is, yeah, has radically changed uh, when you compare it with, you know, when people think about, you know, narco, many the, the first image is like the Chapo or you know Escobar right. or the Cali cartel, where you mm, know mm. they really kind of controlled the whole chain, and and, and yeah. now that's you know no longer true, and for journalists but also for law enforcement. I mean, <laughs> right, of, course, of course you are not facing a guy like Escobar that was like in an open war mm. and, and you know like killing everyone yes. and, and, and you live in Medellin mm. and, and you know uh, what, what's the, mm-hmm. 
what's his his past but yeah um but of course i mean uh to understand this like i don't know like big big division in in a lot of small very specialized tasks so you have right. like yeah i don't know like also the scuba divers that work for the narcos and whose mm. work is to you know stick a torpedo full of cocaine in the bulk of a ship and then they you know travel to istanbul and get it back like a month later from the same ship and gotta say that know. sounds like a fun job <laughs> if i had to pick a role in the chain that sounds like one of the fun ones <laughs> yeah so 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 it's it's really so service to, provision yeah it's often what we're talking about isn't it well it's, we we say uh, i mean we use a uh, uh, it's the criminal service industry so I mean, of course, Absolutely. this kind of, of, of jobs, but also all the financial jobs and, 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 and the lawyers and, and the bankers. And, and the laundering and the yeah. shell company creation and all of exactly. that. Is it harder from a storytelling point of view? Because we, we know that the Narcos, capital N, brackets, Netflix story kind of took hold because it's, it's an easy story to tell. It's got your main characters. It's got a kind of core group that you can tell a story from. Is it harder or more challenging to create strong narratives out of this new environment? We also worked in corruption stories and offshore and things. Mm. And this is terribly difficult to, to write or, 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 or to tell about. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there are some very, very, very dry stories. Uh, here, <laughs> I mean, many times you still have like these very colorful characters of course it's complicated and and you know life is 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 complicated and and we really try to mm. not oversimplifying too much uh and 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 we try to give you know complex stories and and, and publish complex stories that show you know the all the grays and not you know something like just black mm. black and white the the stories about drug traffic and and things are are difficult but i would say easier than i don't know like really like the financial stories and, and this kind of you know investigative stories and in online media it's so necessary not just because there's so much content and so much competition but because of what we're saying where you're the bloke with the mustache and the gold toilet is a much easier grab for a reader um than the nine shell companies that the banana company who seems to be very you know that it's not not just for a reader but you know as a freelance journalist it's it's tough to sell to editors something that doesn't have a main character which is almost part of the genius of of the new world of of organized crime is that all of the main characters are invisible and hidden by these very complex legal structures and i'm wondering in terms of in terms of characters, in terms of people, or even political groups, who's been the most stung by these revelations and this reporting? Of course, I, I, I think that, for instance, the, the, the story on Banacol uh, is really strong. So this is a story that mm -hmm. uh, IRP, uh, an Italian partner, uh, has been working for a long time with um, Boragine from Colombia. At one point, they, they start seeing that this company was, you know, 
paying a lot of, yeah. of candidates from Centro Democratico in Colombia. Um, so this was, of course, really, right. really, uh, I mean, a surprise and, and a really, uh, you know, impressive thing. It was not the main axis in the beginning uh, of the yeah. investigation. Uh, but, of course, the, the fact that we published a like a week element. after yeah. the election and this was not, you know, made right. on purpose. We wanted to publish before, but there were the election and we, we said, you know, maybe we should wait because everyone is going to be obsessed with elections. And, and it's, you know, uh, so, so these are the kind of things that happen a bit like on background yeah. that, 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 that are the reality of, of this kind of, of exercise. But, you know, if you can see something with, you know, uh, the, the power of, of, the, of drug trafficking, of its money, of its, you know, right. It's, I mean, it's not even about a single political group or or left or right or an ideology. They have the capacity to adapt and and, and to go everywhere and and and, and to you know, mm. uh, and and that's you know, if, if it would be a lot easier if it would be yeah I mean these are you know the 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 ones that are really corrupt and. And, and, and we can focus on mm. them and everything. But, I mean, sadly, it's, it's a lot more complicated and, and kind of this dark money can, you know, go in any pocket. Yeah, so I, I suppose the question is then, what's next? Because these, these documents are already from the Fiscalia. So the, this is information that's already within the legal system. But at the same time, it begs the question, is this going to lead to new investigations, new prosecutions, a level of public outrage that demands treatment of some sort, of certain people. What What's the impact? The aguacate guy is going off. Actually, I think it's the chatarra guy now. Um, amazing. Te- bit of texture for the listeners. So uh, we, 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 we have also investigations where you can see that actually... The Fiscalia had information, for instance, on all the all the Brecht lobbyists, that they were right. also working for the narcos uh, at the same time when they were working with Odebrecht. And all these guys kind of got away with the narco part because they kind of collaborated mm. uh, with the Fiscalia uh, on, on, on the Odebrecht scandal. And basically, right. you know they never used this information and they never connected the dots and or anything so mm. you can also you know i mean point at internal failures uh within within the the prosecutor office right uh where you know now that you have a more complete picture as a journalist thanks to the league but also other documents that you can find and you say, mm. okay, but the Fiscalia knew the same thing, and why haven't they done anything? That, yeah, right. that, that these are like big questions, or, 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 or mm. why you know they have all this information about a certain group, or or how it works, but they are still not working together because I don't know. I mean, the right. the, the 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 
the law enforcement world is also very competitive and they don't want to work with each other and, and a lot of things like that. Right. Is there any institutional response yet? So, yes, I mean, Petro, <laughs> President Petro uh, tweeted and has been like, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> was it on his Twitter or was it real? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean... No, it's interesting because Petro is, you know, like in a sort of confrontation with the actual prosecutor. Uh, so, of course, he yes. used this as, you know, like to send him like uh, the prosecutor office should be doing this, you know. Uh, yes, the animosity between Petro and Barbosa is <laughs> sort of already at 100 most of the time. So I can imagine this led to some interactions, let's say. Mm. But at, at the same time, there is a big, I mean, the Twitter is like not your 140 or something character Twitter is like, you know, these kind of huge tweets. Uh, but yeah. where, where he, he, you know, he, he, he has a, a speech that has, you know, a reflection on the war on drugs and how it's changing mm. and how, you know, it's not a Colombian issue and how this is an issue that, you know, the labs and, and, and you know, uh, the criminal groups yeah, from everywhere. Right, yeah. and, and, mm. and so, so, so he really points that out and, and, and saying that we, we didn't expect this, of course, uh, like, okay, I mean, to have like, you know, this kind of reflection, I think that's the, the big picture that, that we also want to, to show. And for instance, um, we had... Uh, a story that also had elements from the leak. The story was published in May, uh, but I mean, we, we put it in the package now. This is from Cero Setenta, is also um, an independent outlet Great uh, outlet. From, in yeah. Colombia. And they did a very, very good investigation into the killing of um Lucas Villa the 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 student leader you know mm. in in Pereira yes. um and again through the through documents but also through other things they really found how police was really close to this uh, drug trafficking organization La Cordillera based in mm. in 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 Pereira um and right. and how uh, they were, you know, like part of everything that was really murky that was happening when 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 they killed him. Um, so there are these kind of stories that you know really point to like really bad functioning of the justice, of the police, of 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 mm. all the, the the dark alliances that that can be made. But of course, we also have like a bigger picture that that is also important. So, so yeah. Certainly, the discourse that Petro has had since the start of his presidency and before that this is an international problem, not a Colombian one. And there's nothing inherently Colombian about the problem. In fact, if anything, it's a U.S. European problem in that that's who's who the market is. Um, is very vindicated and evidenced by what's in this report. If it takes a village to raise a child, it seems to take an enormous number of countries and people to get a kilogram of cocaine 
I was going to say up someone's nose, but that would probably be fairly lethal, into somebody's hands where they can then sell it. And it's great. It's great to see that international cooperation in the criminal world reflected by international cooperation in the journalistic world. Now that we've seen the incredible success of this project that is just an absolute triumph, I think. What's next for OCCRP in Latin America? What are you guys brewing up next? (laughs) Uh, The whole team has been working like mad for a year. Yeah, a big holiday, a big group holiday. That's that's the first thing. (laughs) We are, uh, of course, as you said, uh, this is a big league, so probably more stories out of it coming maybe from on other topics environmental crimes uh, we do have some stories and and there will be a few more like will be published in in the coming days uh also uh, the 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 migration and 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 the groups uh profiting from from migration i think that's a big topic right now in in latin america and and we we have a lot of that in in the league and yeah i mean in in general i don't know i mean right now everyone is like okay but now let's do this let's do that let's do more on, on on trends that that we are seeing and 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 ports for instance and and the story from when i went to report uh, where they have a shareholder that was a narco, and when I went to report in, in yeah. the Pacific Ocean is Colombia's one of Colombia's busiest, if not the busiest one, of of Colombia. It's a great story. Um, yeah. So this is also we are also seeing if well we should maybe check you know uh, who is owning the ports in Latin America. Uh, so so. This opens up a, a, a lot of, of new new roads and, and new ideas, but there is work. You yeah. know? <laughs> there is a lot of work. It, it certainly <laughs> seems like it. Once I get these million tabs closed, I'm really stoked to see what you guys bring out next so I can open another million to read. Thank you so much, Nathan. It's been enlightening. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Emily. Let's let's speak soon about another million tabs open and, and I'll be happy to, <laughs> to be here. Thanks so much, Nathan. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own just complete the form on the columbia calling website that's www.columbiacalling.co or the bnb columbia tours website that's www.bnbcolombia.com and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive colombian adventure so that's bnbcolombia.com and latin news dot com.
Thank you for supporting our sponsors.